So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all wanna create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we wanna do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. Hey everybody, it's May 29th. Welcome to This Week in Housing. Super excited for all my friends that are joining us, whether you're with us live or you're watching this sometime over the next three or four days. Um, we got a lot to talk about today. We know we took last week off, kind of going to an every other week show now, um, but always committed to bringing you, you know, the right information so you can continue to be a voice of reason in the marketplace, that you can continue to talk about the data and the facts and making sure that you are, as many of you have done such a tremendous job, continuing to be the knowledge broker in your marketplace with the right tone, with the right message. And again, as I said, staying focused on the data, the facts, not the emotions, not the opinions. So, you know, as always, I've got, uh, I've got my great guests and then a special guest coming in today. Um, so let's go to the four panel just so uh, everybody can see everybody here. So as always, uh, I refer to him as the Oracle, the, the great Steve Harney from uh, Keeping Current Matters, right? David Childers, who seems to have officially taken over as the face and the voice as the guy at, uh, at Keeping Current Matters, bringing, you know, 20 plus years of, of finance and banking right, to this conversation, which is so important for all of us to, again, be the educator. And of course, uh, you know, my dear friend and fellow coach and the leader of our Marketing Edge event, Jason Pantana, we asked Jason to, to join because, you know, so many of us, and I know Steve is going to speak to this as well, so many of us early on, you, you took our coaching, you took our advice, we said, we want you to lead with the slides, lead with the data. And, and so many of you did, and in some cases, um, you got harassed. You know, you had people saying, you know, how dare you? And, you know, what are you doing? And don't you know what's going on in the world? And I know none of us were doing this to be political. That was never the intention. It was just to recognize I'm in housing and people need to know the facts. I was thinking about this, guys, before we, before we officially kick in, because it's just turned one o'clock here in the West. Um, just this last weekend, you know, in Southern California, Memorial Weekend, my, my eldest brother-in-law, right, from the central coast of California was hanging out with his girlfriend. And he might be watching this now and he'll, he'll chuckle because he's been watching this every week. He happens to have a manufacturing business in the central coast of California where they do wood blinds. So he's always very interested in what's happening with housing for all the obvious reasons. Well, his beautiful girlfriend, Lauren, says to me, gosh, Tom, like, how's the market? What's going on? Like, you know what's happening with housing. And I said, well, gosh, Lauren, tell me, tell me what are you thinking about? And she said, well, I would imagine that with unemployment and everything that's happening, that home prices must be plummeting and you, you could just see the anxiety and the fear. And I thought to myself, this is what all of you have dealt with every single day, as I have, when you talk to people about, you know, what's going on with home prices? What's going on with values? Is everything going to be an REO? Is this going to be another 2007, 8, 9? And, and it was fantastic just to spend just a few minutes with her and just you know, basically reveal, if you will, some of the data points, some of the things that she didn't know. And I found her afterwards going from this sort of tent, you know, because by the way, you know, she's got, she's a business owner. 
and her business has been massively impacted by this. So you know that it's far more emotional and real for her because like, gosh, my business is already suffering. Now is my biggest asset also going to be hurt? Think about it. I, I put myself right in her shoes and said, Lauren, let me, let me tell you what's actually going on. Here's the numbers. Here's the data in your town. Here's, and she was like, oh, you could just see she was just relieved. She wasn't thinking about selling, but because of the situation, she's absolutely as you are, as I am, as all the people you deal with, everybody is curious about what in the world is going on in housing. So as always, today we're going to be bringing you a lot of data, a lot of stats, so you can be that person that continues to educate, whether it's that one-on-one -on -one moment or through Instagram and video and more, right? That person like Lauren, who is, you know, really nervous and mostly just uninformed, just doesn't have a knowledge broker like you to explain what's going on in the market. Once it was done, she felt relieved and she was like, let's go play some ping pong. And we did. So with all of that said, we got a lot of us on the line. David, I want to turn it over to you because I know the, the first big question that everybody wants to get into, and I, I wrote it here in my notes, is I think we need to talk about um, the most up-to-date housing information so people know what's going on. Sure. And I've been going through the slides. There's a lot to cover here. So yeah. I'm going to turn it over to you, David. And then I know Jason's going to jump in with marketing comments. Steve is going to jump in with some opinions. So we're going to keep it nice and lively and fun, but take it away. Yeah. And if, I'll say this, it feels good to be back after two yes. weeks, you know, and, yes. and get a chance to talk about this. We do have a lot. There's been a lot that's been happening. And, you know, Tom, the way you started is, you know, I was thinking back as you were talking, we started this in the middle of March. We talked about on the other side of this, as we go through this, there's going to be pent-up demand. There's going to be opportunity. And what, what I want to do is just show just a couple of slides here on the front end, and maybe we'll have a discussion about it, just about where we're at and, you know, what our research team has collected. So let me, let me share my screen here, and uh, we will get started. So uh, this, this first quote here says, uh, it's from Diana Olenek at CNB, says, new home sales rose slightly in April, but defying expectations of a huge 22% drop. And here's what I would say, defying whose expectations? I don't think uh, that those on this call are those that put themselves out in the market. And I would say to the great agents that, that are on the call that went out there, and Tom, you mentioned it, took some heat from that, uh, that, that imagine the credibility that you've built in, in, in really going out there. And now we're seeing this pent up demand, this opportunity come back into the market, remembering how we started the year and uh, in looking at that. And, and they go on to say, if mortgage demand is an indicator, and oh, by the way, it is, um, buyers are coming back to the market far faster than anticipated. And, and again, I'd say, then who, then who anticipated, you know, despite the coronavirus shutdowns and job loss? So a lot of information, a lot of people going, hey, this is happening faster than than what we anticipated. And to everybody out there that's worked hard, that's been out in the market, I say this to you, you were right. You were able to get the message out in the market. And Tom, we, you, you know, we talked about that. You bringing the action, K, KCM bringing the, the insights and being able to get it out there. And to take it just a, just a step further here, CNBC goes on to say mortgage demand from home buyers shows unexpectedly strong and quick recovery. 
the quick recovery has surprised most forecasters. And so we know for the past six weeks that applications for financing to purchase a home have risen week over week. We, we, we've seen this growth really, you know, we're going to talk in just a minute about some of the, some of the indicators there and talk about, you know, showing time. We always go back to that, but suffice it to say customers are coming back into the market. The reasons they had for transactions to buy or sell a home didn't go away. Uh, during you know the time of you know of quarantine, and I know across the country we're still in bits and pieces of that. But as we start to open up, we're seeing more of those come back. And I'll show one more slide before I before I open it back up here and uh, and, and show everybody. But uh, it, it has to do with retail because that's one of the things that we said. Like, how long is it going to take for customers to come back to some of these other businesses? Well, well, in an interview here, uh, we see that they're saying retail can even have a V-shaped recovery after all. V-shapes sound familiar. So, Tom, we talked about a lot of this, and uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to see what experts are saying now, even over the last couple of weeks, of just what's happening in the housing market uh, overall. So, I want to ask, I want to ask sure. Stephen and Jason separately. I mean, Steve, you, you know, you and I have, you know, fielded a lot of phone calls, probably you way more than I, from agents that were getting flack talking about how things were going to recover and then to slow down and breathe and calm down and, and you know, wait and see. What do you say now? Well, not only did I help quite a few agents through that, and I got on the phone with a couple of agents' spouses because the spouse was concerned that they were getting beaten up so much. And some of the people on this call, probably some of those people, so they know I'm telling the truth on that. I also got direct calls. What are you out of your mind? Like, you know, you, you know, this thing's going to, you know, this could end the world. And you're saying, hey, don't worry about it. I think we're going to be okay. I think we're going to come back strong in the second half of the year. Now, Jason has already told me that I got to take the arrogance out of my feeling on that. And I get that. Jason's 100% right. You have to make sure when you're putting this out on your social media that you don't appear arrogant. But I do want everyone on the call to know that you went out on a ledge a little bit there. You went out on some thin ice there. And what you did is you gave your community hope. And, and really, the adversity, the, the best tool in, in the human psyche uh, to, you know, to attack adversity is hope. If you put that tool down, you don't have a lot of tools left. So I want everyone on the call to listen to Jason, who's probably going to give us some great advice right now. But, but. Right after this call, before you do your social media and posting, I want you to look in the mirror and say, I got it right, <laughs> because you helped a tremendous amount of people by making sure that you stayed positive and you gave them hope. And that's part of the reason this thing changed, turned as fast as it did. I, I agree. And so, Jason, I'm going to bring you in in just a second here, but I want to make a comment because I'm, I'm looking at what people are saying in the, in the, the, the post here. Um, you know, one in particular having eight to 12 or excuse me, Tiffany Lord, I've never had a decline, not once, eight to 13 contracts a month, March, April, and May. I was just on a session with a client. Um, he had 105 sales last weekend. He's a, not a broker. He's a team with 45 salespeople. We, we recognize it's market by market. And, and Jason, what I want to ask you is from a marketing and positioning standpoint, we've seen agents that, that, did some great things. We saw some agents that made some mistakes. What advice do you have for people as not in every market, but in many markets, they're on the rebound. They're coming out of it. What do you recommend for them? And then what do you recommend for the, the New Yorks, the Las Vegas, the Hawaii? What do you recommend for them? 
Absolutely. Um, first, I'll start by echoing what Steve was getting into, which is, you're right, Steve. Uh, a lot of people went onto the ledge and you said something that really kind of resonated with me, which was they did it for the consumers they serve, for the people who live in their local marketplace. It's everybody can smell a mile away when somebody's like, it's fine, it's fine, believe me, nothing's bad, right? Buy from me still, please. People can smell the desperation, right? But that wasn't happening at all. What was really happening is you have our rockstar clients, the people who are on this session right now watching live who are saying, we wanna, we wanna give you the real information with what's really happening, with what's really being predicted so that you can make an informed choice. At the end of the day, it's the buyer's choice, it's the seller's choice, and the job of the agent, the broker, is to help them make an informed choice. And so my hat's off to all you agents who stuck your neck onto the line and gave people the information they needed to make the right choices despite facing adversity for doing it. And what I would say now is, because you stuck your neck, stuck your neck out on the line, you are in such a strong position to have authority in the marketplace now. I remember what Tom said when this all started. Uh, Tom said, the next 90 days will make or break your brand. And we didn't know if it was going to be 90 days or 120 days or what. We didn't know at that point in time. But I would elicit from that the meaning to be, you're going to be a leader or not. Crises, recessions, these are the moments where whatever, whatever you want to call what we're in right now, this pandemic, it's going to be an incubator for creating leaders in local marketplaces. And so for each of these agents who stuck their neck out on the line, they became, they became leaders. And I would say to you, with great power comes great responsibility, because now you've been right. And so you have the continued obligation and responsibility to keep buyers and sellers informed with what's going on. Not from a, see, I was right, you were wrong and chastising people. That doesn't, that doesn't include anybody. It doesn't help people move forward. But it's a time to say, you know what? I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you because you might remember a month ago, we posted this and it was kind of, we stuck it out there and it was sort of a sore thumb. And I want to point back to it, not because I want to pat myself on the shoulder, but because I want to encourage you that the local marketplace is moving in a healthy way. And there is, this is the word that Steve used, there is hope right now. And when people like, that's, that's what we do, right? When there's hope, we can move forward and make great choices. So the first thing I would say, Tom, to answer your questions is when you're dealing with a, a rebounding marketplace, I think it's super important, just for example, in the emails you send out to your database, in your social media marketing, in your postcards and publications, you need to continue uh, just listed, just sold, the traditional social proof marketing. Now, we've already clarified for our pivot folks that when you do a just sold campaign, it's not enough to just slap a just sold sticker on the postcard, so to speak. You need to say how we did it, right? You need to make sure that people can tie what you did in this marketplace, how your marketing, how your skills are what enabled sellers to move forward, buyers to move forward. So just listed, just sold needs to continue and market updates need to continue. And if it were me, I would literally just grab my iPhone. I would go selfie style. I would keep it very authentic, very real, and just talk to the consumer as if they're across from you at the kitchen table at a listing appointment or a buyer consultation and let them know what's happening so that, and here's the bottom line, so they can make an informed choice. End of day, you're the guide in the transaction. So it's about making that informed choice. Um, as far as marketplaces like Hawaii, New York, and others where it's not the same scenario, I think we would go back to where we were with, were with a lot of our agents when this first started happening, Tom, which was local market, inter, like local market expert interviews, keeping people informed with what's happening, telling the truth, right? We can't, none of us can decide what the market is. All we can do is report on the market. And, and it's a market. What I love about supply and, supply and demand economics is if it's not a buyer's market, it's a seller's market, right? If it's not a seller's market, it's a buyer's market. So report on it. Where are the opportunities? 
and help people take steps forward, whoever's in the position for that. I hope that's not too vague, Tom. No, I, it's right on point. And I'll add one more, you know, just a little flavor for everybody. One of my top clients is uh, the number one multifamily. So think, you know, 10 to 20 unit apartment buildings here in Southern California. And, you know, he's, he's been shooting a ton of video and he's been educating, which has been fantastic for his brand and his business. Early on, one of the things he did is he shot a video on what's going to happen with rents. And then rather than giving his opinion, he reached out to several multifamily owners that have hundreds of units, then a few that had 20 or 30 units, and then some people like me that have like, you know, 10. And, and he got this great perspective by asking them five questions about what their expectations were, and then came back to them again in April to find out were their expectations correct. And if you're paying attention, you see nationally rents are actually fantastic. Well, he's just reporting on what the concerns and worries and fears are and giving people the truth. If you're in that business, here's what you need to know. I think that's really the, the sort of genuine message we want to continue, especially for our clients that are in tougher markets. Now, before I transition back to David, I want to make it just a quick announcement to everybody. There is an agent or five that you know, that you're friends with, that for, for all of their reasons in their head, they have checked out, right? They've been too afraid, um, tragically, and I don't wish to say, maybe something happened to someone that, that they love and, and you know where my heart goes there. I would say to you, tag them right now. Tag them right now because as, as we continue to watch, and we're about to go into a bunch of data that is about the economy, when you continue to see things begin to move, whether it's in Hoboken, New Jersey, or in Manhattan, or in Hawaii, or in Vegas, where there's no doubt it's different, we still need those agents to come back to serve their past clients and sphere. So tag a friend for me. Tag a friend that needs to see this, because maybe just maybe the data will pull them back. Steve, actually, I'm gonna, David, I'm gonna pull it back over to you. Let's yeah, talk absolutely. about showing time for a minute. Speaking of the yeah, data. Let's, let's talk about showing time. But I think going back to what Jason said and what you just said, we started out and we were talking for the last several weeks of tell people the truth and trust their intelligence, you know, and, and getting the truth out there is what, you know, it's what we're talking about. So let's go back into showing time. We've talked about that a lot uh, over the last several weeks and we've got some updated information here. Uh, I think you can see that. Uh, so this is the, you know, the showing time graphic that we've referred back to shows showings across North America, whether they be scheduled, um, you know, either virtually or in person or in, you know, in safe ways, obviously. And we know we started off the year and then just fell off. And uh, the first part of March, bottoming out in April, and then this, this, this climb that we've been on and each week trying to, you know, to show that, that progression. And you can see where we're at today uh, as, as of late, you know, you know on, on the 28th here, and, and you see that kind of start to, to taper off. Probably a couple of, of reasons for that. One, the, the latest information is over Memorial Day weekend, so, so probably not as many, as many showings there. The second reason is we talked about this in you know, the pent-up demand that happened when people couldn't get out. There's probably some pent-up demand there, but suffice it to say that we're seeing that activity continue and, uh, and showings are happening across the country. You, you can go into this and we're going to give you all the slides like we always do, but you can go in and see what's happening uh, at your state. And, and I think the point here is 
in the overall economy, I'm going to make the, the case here over the next couple of points that we're going to discuss that real estate will help lead, lead the way in economic recovery as we go into, uh, into June and then into the second half of the year. So um, from Zillow's uh, report today, we see that new pending sales are up just over 40% month over month and new listings taken are up 37.8, almost 38% month over month. And just a, a tribute to the activity coming back into the market. We talked about that here on the front end. And it goes on to say, Zillow Economist expects sales volume reached its bottom in early April and expects sales volume to rebound strongly in May. And sales are forecasted to recover almost fully by the end of the year. And so looking at that going, okay, we're seeing that come back. You know, we, we talked a lot on the front end about the pause button. And, and, and now as, as things are coming back online and we're having to innovate and do things differently, we're seeing this, you know, you know these, these, these numbers come out to reflect what, what we, we should see as we go forward into, you know, really uh, summer being the spring market, being, being the market that, that people are getting out there. So I want to talk just to go ahead. I want to ask Steve a quick question. So Steve, you, you said to everybody in March, hold on, hang tight, take care of your past clients and sphere. Your, your spring market is going to start in June, right? You were, you were making that claim 90 days ago. So when you and see that now. 15 days off. <laughs> it started May 15th. <laughs> no, so when you see this, what like when you see 40% year over year pending sales, you and I both know that is the true leading indicator, pending sales, not closings, pending sales. When you see that, what does that tell you? Well, first of all, it's month over month. Obviously we're not 40% over last year. Of course, of course. So month over month. Sales report you know, came out showing we're about 17% off and most people thought we were going to be about 50% off. Right. So what that's showing us is we thought originally that because of the, and David was so good at this, he, he gave us so much great information at the beginning, that what the government was doing differently is they weren't going to react to the problem, they were gonna to react to the original situa situation. So it gave a lot of people a lot of confidence that the government was in there, they were gonna make sure things were right, um, you know, and we'll cover that a little bit in the unemployment numbers and things like that. Uh, but they, they made people feel much more secure. And the point of the matter is that, you know, homeownership is part of the American dream. It's always going to be part of the American dream. You can't kill it. You know, it, 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 that's just something that Americans do. People travel from all over the world to come to this country because it's the greatest country in the world. And most of them immediately want to get by, as they would say, a piece of America. They want their own home. So I didn't think a health crisis, unless it affected your family, was really going to slow up a lot of people from doing it. And we have to remember that in January and February, um, we had the two best January, the, the, the best January and February in the last 10 years, actually 12 years. Yeah. So we're off into a great start. I just didn't think people were just going to bail out. It just didn't seem that way to me. So when I'm seeing numbers like this now, it's kind of saying, all right, you know, my belief in people's belief in homeownership was well warranted. Uh, and we're actually seeing a drive right now I think in a weird sort of way with a lot of challenges happening in the country of people saying still, this is America and this is what, you know, this is part of what we're doing. So I do see that the 
the uptick in, in, in pending sales I kind of expected. I'm a little bit surprised, pleasantly surprised, that the uptick in listings month over month is as big as it is. Because in most parts of the country, we're really suffering from that. So if, and, and, and remember what I said 60 days ago, the best group of agents, the single most important group of agents to go out and spread the message with the agents on this call. I said that from day one, that we were going to, as a group, we were going to decide the housing market. And guys, you guys went out, some of the stuff that you put on social media, uh, some of the things that you did with your videos and, and everything, it was amazing. Like every time I see them, sometimes you make me cry. All right, it's just phenomenal what you guys are doing. And we did turn it, but now it looks like the sellers are getting more comfortable. And I think that, you know, this past weekend, every person I know that went to a restaurant, their only complaint was the line. All right. So if people are starting to come out more, please get on top of those listing leads. Please make sure that you're making the calls Tom's asking you to make. Make sure you're letting people know that, you know, new listing, uh, uh, I'm sorry, that their new listings take are up almost 40%. So people are putting their house in the market. That one surprised me. The other one, not so much. We had an army of agents, actually the special forces in our industry, the best agents in our industry. We got them informed and they cared enough to give hope and keep hope in all their clients. And they, and they turned it around. I don't want to be arrogant about it because I'm afraid, you know, Jason's going to shut my, my monitor off, but uh, uh, I am pretty happy about it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking really fast here. Sophie Langhorn, Lauren Sanders, Rick Trevino all did already right here what I'd recommend everybody do. And we're going to go back to the slides and then Jason, I'm going to turn it over at the end of this for your thoughts oh on God. marketing. I got, a quick, I got a quick add too on this one yeah. before we move on. But what those three agents have already did, they put it right into the comments is what every one of us needs to do. You need to take that 44.8 month over month and that 37.8 month and then say, here's what's going on in Santa Barbara. Here's what's going on in the South Bay. Here's what's happening in Raleigh, North Carolina. And like, ready? National, local. That makes you even more of the experts. So for the three of you that have already posted it right here in the comments, Sophie, you know I love you guys. Lauren, that's awesome, Rick, beautiful. Jason, was that your point? No, I was a little bit different, but that's a stellar point. Uh, I was gonna add in Sean Ryan, who's technically in Ontario, not here in the US, but Sean Ryan, uh, two, less than two weeks ago, he went up one Saturday morning, grabbed his iPhone, went out into a neighborhood where his buyers desperately needed listings. They were losing a multiple offers. He went live and he was live just walking down the sidewalks in this neighborhood. And he was saying to all the people there, I mean, assuming they were the ones tuning in, but he was saying, hey, listen, we have buyers. They're real buyers. They're trying to buy in this neighborhood. There's a shortage of listings right now. Um, if you know anybody or whatever the circumstances may be who need to sell, who are looking to sell, we have folks who really badly want into this neighborhood and there's a complete shortage of inventory. So he went live walking the neighborhood. I followed up with him yesterday. Three listings from that one live. Three listings in that neighborhood on those specific streets from that one live because of the power of social media. People were tagging each other. And when I look at a stat like we're almost up 40% on new listings taken, well, man, it's time to roll your sleeves up and get inventive in terms of how you get a piece of that. As agents, we're the ones doing the work, right? We're the ones who are going to move the market forward. And it's that kind of thinking that Sean Ryan did that I think is super smart. And also what they were putting in the comments is brilliant. In fact, that could even be a talking point in your next Facebook Live. That here's the activity we're seeing and then break it down local because if you have a local number, that further solidifies your authority and your expertise in the marketplace. But that's a powerful and encouraging number. So that was, that was my ad. 
Yep, David, take it away back on the data. Yeah, I think, and I want to show a, a, a quote here that I think will kind of pull this together because what we're talking about are leading indicators right now, and we're also seeing some other information coming out that, that's. Uh, I'll let I'll let Mark Fleming here from First American saying say it. He's this monthly data that looks back three to four weeks right now is old news. We have to keep that in mind. But we know the faster moving data, mortgage applications, showings, bidding wars, that April really was the trough, he says, I think, for the housing market. And the existing home sales numbers reflect that now, but we do expect the rebound to be quite strong in the May numbers that will come out at the end of June. So we're seeing these leading indicators. We're, we're, we're seeing information right now published, you know, it's in the rearview mirror, which is literally old news. We have to keep that in mind uh, as, 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 as we talk to people about what's really happening. And, and like you said, Jason, sharing local information, what's happening locally in each market. Next, I'll go to, to this quote here from, from Robert Dietz. And he says, overall, the data lends evidence to the, National Association of Home Builders forecasts that housing will be a leading sector in an eventual economic recovery. Remember we talked about housing leading the way, considering that despite the recent weakness, new home sales are reported to be 1.4% higher through April than the first four months of 2019, what, what we talked about on the front end here. And, and if we had more inventory, likely higher. And it all leads us to this, to this point that we can look for housing, for the housing sector to recover before the rest of the economy and lead other industries in expansion. We've talked about it before on the KCM blog. We wrote an article just several weeks ago uh, about the economic impact that one home sale, whether it be new, whether it be existing, has on the local economy. And we know that we have the ability to get out there and drive the economy forward in our business. And, and to that end, I'm, I'm going to turn it over to Steve here in just a second, but, but this quote here from the Joint Center for Housing Studies at Harvard says, the housing industry has often led the, econ the economy out of recession because recessions lead to a decline in interest rates that lowers borrowing costs for both home buyers and builders, which makes home buying more attractive and spurs home building in the many related durable consumer goods uh, industries that drive that GDP growth. So when we take the data that's happening right now, we look back at what's happened in, in, in past recessions relative to housing, and we start to look forward. We see this, 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 this effect that housing can have on the overall economy to help lead us out. And, and, and we have some data here, some GDP data that Steve, I, I wanna turn it over to you and, uh, and, and bring that slide up. All right, as David mentioned uh, just a couple of weeks ago, a couple of days ago, we, we put a, a blog up showing that a, new, a house in new construction, a newly constructed home, adds about 88, on average, $88,000 to the local economy across the country. Um, a resale home does a little less than half that in the low 40s. But what they're looking at here, when they're talking about how, one of the things they're talking about when housing coming back is residential fixed income, meaning that the term for that is the spending on housing construction, not just the construction of the house, not just the people building the house, not just the lumber, but all of the things that people buy to go ahead and fill that house, whether it be furniture and TVs and, you know, different things, different durable goods that they uh, purchase. 
So this is looking at new construction, and I want to tie it in in a second to even existing home sales. But what we can see, the historical average going over the last 50 years is that GDP growth, the percentage of GDP growth of new construction is 3.7%. But right after a recession, it jumps dramatically. It's those building of the new houses, that extra $88,000 per house that drives the economy out of recessions. And it goes much higher than 3.7%. In four of the last five, it was in double digits. Twice it was over 20% of the growth in the GDP, meaning it was a crucial piece of it. This is just new construction. Hey, it's Tom Ferry. Question, what's your favorite social media platform? Are you big on Insta? Do you love to tweet? No matter where you answer, I'd love for you to connect with me there. All you gotta do is just type in at Tom Ferry and follow and let's you and I connect. I wanna be able to deliver the right content, the right ideas, the ways to help you grow your business, stay fired up, keep moving, be in action and run plays that work in the platform that matters most to you. So subscribe and I'll see you there soon. Now, the last time in 2009, 2010, in that recession, the reason the number is much lower, still higher than the historical average, is the fact that we were overbuilt going into that recession. There were too many houses built. We couldn't just build our way out of that in the new construction. Uh, that didn't happen. We increased it somewhat, but because there was so much inventory on the new construction side already, we were overbuilt. We couldn't really do that. Right now, we're underbuilt in a very big way. And ladies and gentlemen, for the people in here that are starting to nod out saying, well, I don't really do a lot of new construction. Number one, see if you can get involved in any way you can. And number two, realize what that new construction gives you. One of the, the answer to one of the biggest objections that you've had over the last couple of years, I'd love to sell my house, but I have nothing to buy. Well, guess what? In a new construction, they could design the house they want to buy. They can go ahead and make it. And now with that new construction coming in, so now not only do you get the 80, your marketplace gets the 88,000, I think in Hawaii it's $179,000 added every time a new construction is built. They get that 88, plus you're now taking their seller has to sell their house in order to buy that house. That sale is another 44,000, 43, $44,000 existing home sales. So what we're seeing is right now, because housing is hot, Building is hot. It's giving us inventory. Part of the reason I think the existing home inventory is up is because people are finding houses and able to put their house on the market. So you put all of that together, ladies and gentlemen, put all of that together. And what you're going to see is exactly what David told us 60 days ago. Housing is going to lead us out of that. Before we had the quotes, David made that claim. Housing is going to lead us out of this mess. And guess what? He told me to get behind that. He told me, Steve, I know what I'm talking about. Let everybody know that. And I said, hey, you know what? Let's all get to work and everything is going to be okay. And guess what's taking place? We are turning the economy right now. We're not just turning the housing economy right now. We are turning the economy right now. And that's, that's a phenomenal thing. So I want to I want to transition to Jason, but before I do, I want to stress to all of you that are with us live, or if you're watching this later in the future, I just saw uh, Jamie Engel, Maureen Klein, and oh, someone in Miami, and now I can't see it on the screen, who all shared their numbers, uh, you know, meaning their local market numbers. I would be, if I was on my phone, I'd be taking snapshots of each one of those, and I'd be capturing them so I can say, 
you know, hey everybody, I wanna give you an update on what's happening, but I think it's important for us to understand nationally what's going on, locally what's going on, but here's what's happening in Alexandria, Virginia. Maureen Klein, one of our great friends there. And here's what Jamie Engel's saying in the Florida Keys where you can't even get down there unless you're a resident, right? Here's what's happening in Miami. The more data you can share, again, it just shows, it shows how much more broad you are than their friend who maybe looks at the MLS once a week. You with me on this, guys? It really makes you the expert. But Jason, I want to flip it to you. When you see all this, what, what's going through that, that brilliant marketing mind? What else should they be doing to, to create more trust and to be the educator? Be, well, so let's start with the educator piece. Uh, the first thing that popped to my head was we've been talking about this at Pivot for a while, which is seminars or webinars, technically speaking. Using Zoom, using uh, Easy Webinar, using whatever tool you want to use for doing webinars. But one of the topics we started promoting as a subject that you could, that would be probably very enticing to people to watch is building your dream house, uh, new construction, buying in pre-existing or new construction, what a spec, whatever it is, versus building on a lot. Having education around that, like Steve, you said it, now's the time to get educated if you're not as an agent, or if there's somebody who is, bring them in to do the webinar with you to get that information out. And Tom, you talked about this two weeks ago which was the classic three, two, three years ago play where it's the Instagram stories. Are you, it's the calibrated ask. Are you currently living in your dream home now? Yes, no. Next story says, do you want to join us for our webinar? We're going to talk about how to build your dream home or whatever it is. So if new construction is like one avenue where there's grease on the wheels, I would be doing webinars to start teaching people about the steps involved so they know what that looks like. That's, the educa that's an education component. It's kind of niche. But the other thing I would say is going back to that listing stat that we're almost at 40% month over month listings. Um, I would be pumping that. I, I would get to the local number, but I want to double down on that. I'll be pumping that number out because one of the things I've been hearing from my own coaching clients is ah, I keep losing in 13 multiple offer bidding wars. The bidding wars are real depending upon your marketplace, right? But if we're seeing an increase in listing activity, I would be using the Google Display Network, which is, if you, don't know, if you don't know what that is, it's owned by Google. It's those little banner and display ads when you're surfing the web on various websites. It could be any website. And you see Tom Ferry ads all over the place. If you ever wonder how those ads get there, it's called the Google Display Network. I, I'd be running ads on those that show those stats in your local market because you can target them down to a one kilometer area. You can get super local with those types of ads. And it's just one more place to put the word out. I'd be putting it in my emails. I'd be putting it in my postcards. I'd be doing it on social. I would get the word out because here's what I think is going to happen. If you get people to realize that other sellers are coming on the market with their properties, that's going to give them the, the confidence potentially that, oh, because I don't want, like Steve, you said this, I don't want to sell my house and not have a place to go. But if I have confidence that other people are also selling, then my options are open back up. And if I can create that narrative in my marketing, I can have people reach out and say, hey, we've been kind of sitting on the fence, on the sidelines, waiting for the opportunity. Is now the time? And you can have that opportunity to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation. So it doesn't matter if it's Google display or e it's all of it, email, all of it. I'd be getting that word out and I'd be doing webinars more, but specific ones like that new construction one, building your dream home, I see an opportunity there. Was that too much, too fast? Does that no, make sense? I, I, I agree. I'm going to share a quick thought with you all. Um, when you look at a marketplace like Manhattan or Hoboken, New Jersey, or, mm -hmm. you know, Las Vegas, or, you know, the islands mm -hmm. of Hawaii, some of the, some of the more challenging marketplaces, uh, one could argue that it's even more important 
to educate in those marketplaces. So I had a huge victory on Tuesday. I'm doing my coaching session with a legendary agent, Jill Biggs, coal banker right in Hoboken. And, and she very, you know, you know, hey, how was the week? What's going on? Let's look at the numbers, you know, life and, you know, her four daughters and, you know, all the typical life stuff. And I said, hey, what, what happened with the virtual seminar? Oh, oh my God, let me tell you. Only got 25 people on there. And I said, okay, 25 people. She said, and I'm, I'm being, you know, just very transparent. She said, you know, it didn't go the way I wanted it to go. We kind of, you know, we messaged buyers and sellers and that made it, you know, interesting. And, you know, I'd remind her, done is better than perfect. You did it. But, but you guys know me, I'm, I'm gonna keep digging. Well, what were the results? And she goes, oh, well, I've already got three listings from it. <laughs> 25 people on there, she's got three listings. And she said, and I got five more that I'm following up that are just in various stages of getting their home prepped to sell. Now, I'm not promising you eight listings out of 25 people by doing this. What I am telling you is, it's a safer way for people to get connected and to get the information and to hear from you as an expert versus saying, hey, can you, can we do it one-on-one? -on -one? I don't know you. Or, hey, can you come to my house if that's safe, right? It's a safer, easier, non-threatening way for people to say, yeah, I do want to discover what are the five mistakes to avoid in selling during COVID or is it possible or whatever the, the educational message is. I saw, you know, Neo, who I've got a lot of love for, she's been killing it for you know a year and a half now with her her buyer seminars where they used to be face to face now i'm seeing you're on zoom with 25 buyers the point is my friends it's about the pivot it's about the adjustment but at its core it is always about being the educator it's always about being the educator right not being attached if they buy or sell but simply i'm here to deliver the value so you understand so you can make a good decision well steve i can see you leaning in there you got a thought i just wanted to me I think you're right all over it. He asked me, but I think that this is what I know so far because the first time I really had a lot of interaction with Jason. He's smarter than me, so let him go. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Fire away, partner. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, you're 100% right. Like, I was having a conversation with a, a friend who got into real estate a while ago, came out of a sales background. And I made a point to him. I was like, the funny thing about real estate is, in so many ways, you're really not selling anything. You're helping people buy stuff and sell stuff. They're the ones buying and they're the ones selling. You're just there to inform and be the knowledge broker. And so if you can, if you can rest hold of that, and if that can ring true in all of your marketing, then people are going to choose to work through you because through you, they can accomplish their own goals. So I, seminars, Great webinars, point. whatever word you want to call them, now's the time. I mean, what a beautiful time. I don't have to try to grab you by the collar and tell you to buy or sell. People want to do that on their own. I just have to give you the information. So give it to them. Spot on. Steve? No, I think Jason hit it right on the head, but you know, I'll just go back to the whole situation. You know, the agents who work are going to make money. Yeah. Okay. The, the way you make money in this industry, and Jason just put it so beautifully, you can't make money without helping families. You can't do it. All right. Now, a person who doesn't care about the families can do it short term. We've all seen those type of agents come in and make a, a splash at the beginning, but they get no referrals. They get bad reviews. They get it. And eventually they're out of the business and some other business where they're trying to rip somebody else off. But the vast majority of the great agents in this country have a long line, not of transactions or not of deals done, but of families helped. Yeah. They have a long list of people. We help so many people. When we get back into the supermarkets, it's going to be weird because we're going to have people coming up to us saying, thank you very much for getting us in the house. The kids really love the backyard. And we're going to be looking at them saying, I can't even remember who this person is. That's how many people we help. To, our, to them, we were a superstar that helped their family's dream come true. 
And to us, they were one of many families that we accomplished that with. So I'm just going to tell you, it's going to be interesting as, as we get back together again a lot, because even the people that we did meet to sell the house in some parts of the country, you can do that. We just spent a lot of time with them. That's not what we were supposed to do. But they're going to remember us. And when that happens, it's going to be two things. It's going to be a really good feeling for you, especially if your family's with you and somebody's thanking you like that. But you're also going to stand there going, I wish I could remember which house it was. I wish I could remember. That's how many people were helping. I love it. So, so David, you know, we're, we're having this conversation about relationships and, and the importance of putting out the word and being the educator. Yeah. One of, one of these subjects, you know it and I know it, and I know we're going to cover it now, um, is unemployment. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and we talk about families and people being affected. There are people being affected right now. And so let's, you know, this is where two weeks ago, Tom, where we kind of left off and we said, okay, this is a, this is a big question in our market right now. I think even to the human element, as we talk to buyers and sellers, understanding where do you live? What business are you in? How are you being affected? And, and being able to speak to that, you, you know, is the human piece of this. But I want to go to a couple of things and, and talk about the people being affected. Then we, we want to answer this question too about growing numbers and what does that mean? So I'm going to share my screen here and, and talk just a minute about the Federal Reserve May report. And in that, it kind of answers that question we talked about. If you remember when we were talking a couple of weeks ago, we had the graph that said nine out of 10 people surveyed said this would be temporary. Well, now we have a survey here from the Federal Reserve from uh, business um, employers, business owners, and it says 75% of job losses are temporary layoffs and furloughs according to employers. So not quite as high as what the you know, employee thought, but, but, but we can make some, some uh, sense of that. The lower uh, piece there speaks to, they go on in the report and they talk about for every 10 jobs that are lost, three jobs are hired and, you know, um, uh, companies that are hiring people, you know, it says this result aligns with the news reports of large scale hiring at firms like Amazon, Walmart, CVS, uh, you know, Domino's and, uh, and other companies that saw increased demand in reaction to the pandemic and partial shutdown. So really the unemployment scenario is a, uh, you know, as a situation that we all know, depending on the business you're in, you're being affected differently. If you're in the restaurant business today or, you know, what you've gone through in the last couple of months, you're, you're heavily impacted. And some maybe had to shut down. Some maybe had, you know, a good takeout business. Others maybe not. If you're in a business like the sign business, let's say, I see signs, you know, if I, if I leave my house and go somewhere and do something, you know, we're open. There, there are a lot of businesses that are doing more business today as a result of the pandemic. So we want to keep that in mind. Let me but, jump in there, David. David, let me just go ahead. I just read in the Wall Street Journal right before this call, Amazon who hired, and I, I might have the numbers off by, you know, a couple, but they, I think they hired 175,000 people to handle the increase in work. Mm -hmm. And they just announced that they're going to keep 150 of them, 150,000 of them, give, offer them full-time employment. Wow. So it's either 175 and 150 and 150 and 125. I don't remember what the numbers are, or exact numbers are. But a vast majority of the people they hired just to get them through this, they're keeping on full time. 
Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's exciting. That's, that's, that's good. So let's look at unemployment, you know, because we just saw the, you know, Thursday, the, the most recent unemployment, I, I believe 2.1 million people filing for unemployment and this cumulative number of over uh, 40,000 people being affected. This is what that looks like cumulatively since we started in the middle of March over 40,000 people filing 40, these initial yeah. filings for unemployment yeah. benefits. 40, 40 million. 40 million. I'm sorry, 40 million. I say 40,000, I'm sorry. 40 million being affected cumulatively in those filings. The question that we posed two weeks ago, Tom, was, okay, we know like what we just talked about, people are getting jobs back. We know that some are coming back to work. There are various different scenarios out there. How many people are actually collecting unemployment and I'll overlay that in here to show that uh, as you can see it climb up there till uh, the, the, the week of the 9th of May, the week ending the 9th of May. And the most recent data is the first week where we've seen a decline in those cumulatively collecting unemployment insurance. So that gives context. We don't have the numbers for, for the week ending the 23rd. We'll get another look at an unemployment next week. But, but as the, the headline is over 40 million affected, the reality is just over 21 million are currently collecting unemployment. And I say that to, to, to reinforce the fact that these are individuals, these are families that are being infect, affected, but it brings uh, our ability to understand what is happening with that relative to what is unemployment across the country and how might that affect things going forward? We hit a tipping point. If I could jump in there real quick, we yeah. hit a tipping point. This is the first week where the number of people that are losing their job is outnumbered by the people that got a job. So that's all the way for the last several weeks. That's why that orange bar was climbing so rapidly and the blue was climbing because the number of people who were getting laid off were greater than the number of people being hired. This is the first week. We hit that, that top, and I think you're going to see that, that those blue lines continue to fall. The orange lines will level off, and the blue lines, the blue bars will start to drop as we move forward. Yeah, yeah. So, so just, I just want, ahead, to, Tom. I want to just ask the silly question. So we're talking about the delta between the blue and the orange. Is it implied that the difference between the 21.1 and the 38.6 of the orange on that line, the delta, the differences, they're back and working again? Yeah, there's a lot of numbers in that, Tom, because there could be people very early on that decided they, weren't going to come out, they were going to come out of the market. So what you're going to see, and this is kind of interesting. So David, I'd like to take this one because Wilson okay. doesn't like arrogance and I want to be a little arrogant on this one. <laughs> and I don't want him to lose his respect for you. What's what and I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. Newspapers, news shows, people that have websites, they know the negative sales. So 40.7 is a lot of million people. 40.7 million people lost their jobs. And that's going to be what's really talked about. And they're going to talk about that. Then when they get questioned about, well, really, isn't it only 21 people, million? Not that that's a low number. That's an extremely high number. But isn't it that they're actually with turning that point now? Like you said, the delta has changed and or the, the pivot has changed. And what's the difference between those two? Some people can say, well, we really should be adding in this and we should really be adding in that. And maybe we should be. We haven't done that for 25 years. Why would we do that now? Because that would change all the numbers. 
So I think that to defend the hysteria, the panic that some are trying to get us to feel, they'll start saying we should be doing this, we should be doing this. We're giving you the numbers as they've been reported since the time they started reporting them. There's apples to apples, this is what happens. We don't want to compare apples, not even oranges. Some people are trying to compare apples to grapefruits. All right, it's not the same, okay? So here is, here is a, a true uh, indication. Could there be some people that came out of the job market? Most definitely. Could there be some people, and it's really not going to be in these numbers, but as we move forward, could, if they don't extend unemployment, could there be some people that just lost the, their timing of when they were allowed to get unemployment? Yes, yeah, some of those numbers could go in the future, and we'll address that when it comes. Right now, the vast majority between 38.6 and 21.1, the vast majority of people who just got a job or, or got hired back into the job they have. And the challenge, and this is going to be really weird. David's going to cover this right now. The challenge isn't even that they're not getting hired back. Part of the challenge is that they might be afraid to go back because of uh, their fear of the coronavirus. They might have a, a, a mother or a grandmother or a grandfather or a father, an older person living with them, and they're a little nervous about that. They might have a challenge with childcare because there's so many kids at home they can't get back. But there's a third reason some people aren't going back. And David, why don't you hit that one? <laughs> yeah. And in, in what Steve is referencing there is a study that came out of the University of Chicago that, that shows that 68% of unemployed workers who are eligible for you know, unemployment insurance or in, you know, unemployment benefits will receive benefits that exceed lost earnings. So, you know, they're, they're, they're receiving more in unemployment benefits than they were making. And then 20% of eligible unemployed workers will receive benefits as twice as large, large as their lost earnings. So again, what you see the quote at the bottom, the CARES Act is actually providing income expansion rather than replacement for a lot of uh, unemployed workers. And, you know, when we think about this, again, I'm going to go back to the, the impact of families, the impact of people, and, you know, the, the reality of if, you were to, if we were to have this situation in the, in the past, many years ago, there may have not been that type of program. And we look at those people, hopefully that, that's able to bridge them till you know, their business comes back online or they're, they're rehired or they find another job, you know, because I think the story that's starting to develop here, and I would go back to the um, you know, the earlier slide that we used where we, we talked about retail could see a V-shaped recovery. There are a lot of assumptions, a lot of things that we're going, okay, how is this going to work? Is a business going to come back online? Is this business going to be able to function? You know, we talked about that, you know, about the restaurant business. If you can't serve the number of people, what's going to then happen? And we're starting to see this shift of things are happening differently. And, I, and I'll bring in a, an example from uh, Goldman Sachs, uh, an analyst. And it says the current crisis will accelerate the shift from offline to online music, resulting in almost a quadrupling of the streaming revenue by 2030, from 20 billion to la um, uh, last year, 75 billion uh, in the future. And so we're seeing things happen differently. I, I read another report that suggested businesses in their capital spending will be much more significant going forward and the things they have to do to, to keep employees safe, whether it's 
you know, putting up plexiglass, putting up things that, um, that, you know, allow people to operate safely. And, you know, I think that's going to be some of the story all across businesses is how do we innovate? What is that then going to cause in different consumer and consumption patterns uh, across the country, which is going to, you know, then uh, impact employment, impact the economy in, in, in various different ways. So that, that's, there's, there, there's an element there that we're going to stay on top of as the KCM research team, but we're starting to see these things start to form relative to unemployment and relative to how businesses are, are reacting to that. And, and what I, just to add to that, and then maybe Jason and Thomas will say something. They considered our industry dead 60 days, 60 days ago. No one's going to come out of the house. Nobody's going to go in the house. How are you going to sell the house without showing the house? Or what are you going to do? And the ingenuity and the innovation in our industry, some of, that, the, some of the technology which we kind of fought off for years and now we were forced to use it and we realized, hey, this is pretty good stuff. All right, Jason's been right all these years. Why didn't we listen to him? All right, so we, we have a situation right now where we proved, again, as an industry, we proved with ingenuity and with innovation, you can turn things around. You, I love the example you gave before, Tom, where you calm somebody down. I turned around 60 days ago. I had to call the person who comes and cleans our lake house. It's a family. They come in and they do, they do a beautiful job. And then they clean a bunch of houses around the lake. Well, nobody wanted them in their house right now. So she called me up and we decided we were going to pay them anyway for the, you know, the period of the time because they've been so loyal to us over the years and they've been so good to us. So I said, well, you know what? Hotels right now, they don't have a lot of people, but every time a person leaves, they have to really do like a big cleaning, like almost a cleansing of the room, not a cleaning of the room. That young couple got together, figured out what was necessary, got the equipment, now I don't even know if they're going to come back and clean my house because they have so much business cleaning the hotel rooms. So I think that what David was saying with retail, when we're talking about the music industry, yeah, the guys loading the guitars into the cases, they might need to find another job. But now there are programmers that are going to be tying musicians and all over the world together in the streaming thing. And all those jobs are going to be created. So the doomsdayers out there to say, well, America is dead or this is going to kick. No, America is America because of that ingenuity and that innovation. And again, the real estate industry of all proved that if you embrace that innovation, you could move forward in your, in your business. And if anyone would have told me three years ago that real estate was going to be the driver of innovation, I would have said, wow, that's, that's kind of wild. But it happened. So I'm pretty excited about that. I agree. Jason, uh, sort of final thoughts on just, you know, the, the go forward marketing messages coming out of this, um, you know, especially when we talk about the unemployment, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot there. So what's your advice to all of our viewers today in terms of going forward? What should they do over the next two weeks before we're back again? Yeah, I think, I think it's really good that we sort of get into the unemployment conversation because it is a somber conversation. Um, there's some encouraging numbers, but these are people's lives and, and you know, it, it's, it's wonderful that they are able to collect on the unemployment insurance and they are able to maintain some kind of life. But I think it's a really good reminder to all of us to be sensitive, not to be sensitive really is the right word right now. So yeah. I say move forward with just listed, just sold. But for example, one thing we talked about at pivot was when you do like a just sold post on social media for a buyer, for instance, 
uh, we talked about, we called it a welcome home post. And it wasn't so much of a just sold another one, yay. It was much more human than that. It was telling the story of the buyer who was moving into the property and really putting your heart out there in terms of what went into the transaction, what it was like working with them, and just reinforcing the message that it's not about numbers. It's not about transactions as much as it is what Steve said, helping people move forward in their lives, families, individuals, and so forth, helping them move forward. So I, I think what I would say is what should people be doing right now? They need to get the, the word out right now. They need to talk about what's happening in terms of listing activity, new pendings. I like the language that everybody was using. This is a leading indicator. I would adopt that language in my content because I think a lot of smart sellers, smart buyers will pick up on that and say, we're looking at leading indicator numbers that came out of last month that can indicate where we're going to be going now sooner. So I like that language. I'd be talking about just listed, just sold, market updates, go selfie style, walk the neighborhoods and go live and talk about the need for inventory, your postcards, Google display network, all of it needs to be talking about where are the opportunities in the market get the information out there. But I would also say to make sure that everything you post and everything you say, you need to do it with love. I don't know if you need to listen to all you need is love from the Beatles every day before you do work, but it has to come from a standpoint of, I care about my community. I'm in the business of serving people. And so this isn't about me keeping my business moving forward necessarily. It's about me helping people move forward in their lives and businesses. I've said it before. And I think it was a, I think it was a Warren Buffett quote or paraphrase. I, I may be wrong. But it was basically that when a business is profitable, that's a signal, generally speaking, that that business is injecting value into the marketplace. And I think about when you're selling more houses, listing more properties, helping people move forward, it is only because you're helping people. And so I say the just listed, the just sold is, is critical right now because it's a signal to people that you're providing value and their lives are able to move forward and there's hope. But just be sensitive in your language and do it through the lens of this isn't about me, it's about my buyers, my sellers, my community. That way, I hope that's enough spot, concrete yeah, spot on. And, and I, I'll, 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 I'll continue to further that message and give a shout out to Jay Glazer, who is a, a wonderful agent in New York City. And there's no doubt, you know, uh, New York City has been hit very hard by this experience and continues to, you know, to struggle. And yet here's Jay sitting outside of his apartment holding up his phone and telling the story, interestingly enough, making the hero the board, that instead of making these two doctors, sort of paraphrasing his story, that we're trying to buy this apartment and typically in Manhattan, you'd have to present to the board and who are they and do they have the right financials and are they the kind of people we want in this building? And it's, you know, if you don't know New York City real estate, it's, it's a little more complex, it's a little more challenging. And yet he made the board the hero. He said the board understood that these are doctors and that they're, you know, they're involved in, at ground zero and we got to get them in here and let's make this as easy as possible. And what was he talking about? He was talking about helping his buyers get a house, right? He was talking about another sale that he had made, but it wasn't about, look what I did. It's, you know, I'm just so pleased with the board and any, you know, he's talking to New York city people, everybody that knows the issues you can have with the boards in these, in these buildings, but boy, they really did the right thing here. And I'm just so happy for my clients. And, it was beautiful. I posted it on my Instagram and said, this is exactly what Jason's talking about. Tell the story, make the client the hero. That's the modern day just sold. So as we wrap up, um, you know, Jason shared a lot. It was really fun to have you with us today. Steve, the Oracle, always fantastic. Uh, David, I'll kick it back to you though, maybe just for the last uh, sort of closing thoughts. Cause I think there was one more slide and it was a slide that I really liked. <laughs> Why don't we end on that slide and then we'll let everybody enjoy their Friday and we'll see you all in two weeks. But David, fire away on that last slide. 
Absolutely. And I, th I think, it, I think that slide really fits with what uh, you both have said. And, and Jason, you started out saying, you know, we need to be sensitive. Let's realize where we are right now. Headlines, all the information that's coming out is, is, is going to be rough. Unemployment comes out again next, next week, going to be rough and affecting real people and real families. And we need to be sensitive to that. You know, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the Wall Street Journal article that said headlines do more today to, to terrify than to clarify. And our job in the market with care is to, uh, is to clarify for the people that, uh, that we serve. And how do we do that? This is the last slide there that you were talking about, Tom. Truth is attainable by laying fact upon fact. And I would take it further by fact upon fact. And if we can be the knowledge broker to the people that we serve, delivering what's happening in the market, going back to what we said before, telling them the truth and trusting their intelligence, we can help them make wise and competent decisions. And, and, and I know it's a tribute to all the great agents, all the great people on the call today that are working hard to do that. So I think that's, that's what's in front of us, Tom. I love it. Well, listen, my friends, thank you uh, again, whether you're watching this live or you're catching this sometime over the weekend or in the next week. Uh, as always, you know, our job is to bring you the data, to bring you the slides, to bring you the knowledge so you can be that voice of reason in your marketplace. So uh, have a wonderful weekend. Keep up the good work. As always, the slides, I'm sure there's somewhere here. My team pinned it, you know, KCM.com, somewhere on there so you can get them. Because I saw somebody say, these are new slides and I'm a KCM member. I haven't even seen these yet. And they're making a lot of new stuff just for us, my friends. So thank you guys always. Uh, I wish everybody a wonderful weekend uh, to you and your family and the people you love the most. Uh, health and resiliency. Let's keep moving forward powerfully. All right, everybody. We'll see you in two weeks. Until then, remember your strategy matters and your passion rules. We'll see you soon. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.